Welcome to the Barbells and Briefcases podcast, the official business and fitness podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to bring you the value, resources, and information to help you with your goals in fitness, business, health, and life. My name is John Fody. Beside me, I have Nick Saka and a very special guest for you today and good friend of ours. He's one of the most passionate and influential individuals that we know personally. He dropped out of school at the age of 20 years old for his passion as a personal trainer. Doing so, he has traveled the world training multi-millionaires. At 23, he began his entrepreneurial journey, starting his own meal prep company. And now he currently works in the business development for the largest virtual training company in the world. Right under Bradley himself. With everything he's been through and his story, I guarantee will touch your heart and bring value to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Brian Dover. Hey, thank you so much for that introduction, man. That that was very kind. Absolutely, bro. Tooting your heart a little bit here. Toot, <laughs> You know? Now, let's get it straight. BD is a good friend of ours. Um, I just know him for his fire. When you look at him, when you look straight into his eyes, you know there's a burning desire to be great. And... Um, it's contagious. It really is. And when us three get together, it feels really good. The energy's high. And that's why we're about to bring some fire to you today, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for listening. Brian has a tremendous, great story to share with you. And we're going to jump right into it. Right, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Brian, tell us a story, bro. Let's go. Well, what about my story? Where you came from, where you're at now, where you're headed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, most importantly, talk talk to us about you know, where what's brought you to this point, you know, to where you're at now. Give our listeners a little backstory about who you are, where you've come from, and where you're at now. Love it, great question. Um, I, I came from what my CEO here at Lightspeed says. We came from the mud, man. Came from the bottom. Came from something that was nothing. Um, to get right into it, to make a statement. I mean, both my parents passed away when I was young, so that was difficult. Uh, my mom died when I was 13. That about crushed me. And then I got into sports. I started to realize my potential. And then I started to just put all my effort and who I am into what I was doing um, instead of getting in trouble because I got in a lot of trouble and I started to realize I could go down one path or I could go down another. And I went down the wrong one a few times and then got back on track, fell back off, got back on track. And I mean, over the last 26 years of life, I guess that's been the kind of ongoing idea, right? Like you fall off, you get back on, you fall off, you get back on. But as long as like I realize like who I am, what I have to offer, and just who I am as a person, like just do the right thing, show people you care, do the best you can. Like these three simple things definitely have been able to drive my life to or towards a more positive life, to where I can I can go into a party or or, or a meet and greet or whatever and just be a beacon of hope for people to where I walk in and like if they know my story or they don't like they just see me and they could feel who I am before they like I even that, open that was, up my mouth that was with us you know that's I mean? right and that's why we clicked off right it's just like you 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 know good people when you're good people yeah and like attracts like so like right when I met both of you guys I'm like okay cool these these are my people yeah and then and then y'all are running barbells and briefcases and I started looking it up. I'm like, who are these guys? Like, barbells and briefcases. Like, dude, that sounds like my life. Like, that sounds like this is. This is I want to know more about this. And now I think I think a year and a half in the making of knowing you guys, and now we're on here doing some business and 
and, and making some things happen. So I'm really happy about it. You know, like I said, you fall down, you get back up. But like, as long as you get back up and you don't stay on the ground, too many times I've stayed on the ground and been like, what was me? What am I going to do? Oh my God, this sucks. You know, playing that blame game in, in reality, it's like, firstly, no one cares. It's not like no one cares, but like in the retrospect, in the, in the big aspect, it's like, Dude, no one cares about what happened to you. People only care about what you're going to do about it. Mm. So get up and do something about it. But what I can say, what I it means the most to me is I can't relate to what he's been through. I could just relate to his fire and how bad he wants it. Mm. Um, what he's been through, that's it's just such a great story because some people feel like in the world today that they've been through it all. They have the hardest luck in life, but this this man ladies and gentlemen he's being very humble right now he's been through a lot at such a young age and we're going to get into the details and what makes him hungry and how he got to this point where he is today we're in a beautiful office building multi-million dollar facility and we're just taking it lightly right now but i know he's going to drop some value for you guys to give you some hope to make you better individuals make you the best version of yourself so um give us your backstory brian like talk to us about you know, your first job and then okay. what that eventually turned into. You had this timeline of, of kind of like uh, gigs that you, <laughs> I'll just let you tell it, but talk to us about the timeline of, of where you've worked and then kind of what, how everything kind of eventually led to where you're at now. Yeah, so basically the best way to describe what's going on right now is the fact that two years ago I started a meal prep company. And it was the first business I've ever started. I didn't go to school for business. I don't know anything about business or accounts receivable or invoices. I didn't even know what an invoice was, okay? But I realized real quickly that if I wanted to take control of my life and I wanted to be my own boss, per se, I needed to figure it out. And I always had a passion for food and for people. And I was a personal trainer for about four years prior uh, before getting hired like Jay Foti said, I'm a multimillionaire and I got flown out to China, put me up in my own apartment. I had a driver that brought me to that the gym every day. Crazy. It's a crazy story in its entirety. Um, but but leading up to that point, I had a lot of odd jobs. I had a lot of different things that I did. And as I started to progress through my life, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, uh, once I got to about 19, 20, I started to realize that I'm not just at that job to be at that job. I need to be taking something from what I'm learning because it might apply to something later on in my life. Now, if I go and just think that it's just a job, then I'm going to miss the lesson. And lessons that aren't learned go repeated. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't learn it, you go through something, you don't learn it, it's going to hit you again in the face. And too many times in my life have I been hit in the face and beat down and didn't learn the lesson. And so I started to learn like, okay, well, if this is what's going on at work, maybe I'll face this again. My first job, I was a lifeguard. Like, I was, you know, I was, I was, and, and to point out, I actually saved someone's life. Really? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I saved a mentally challenged person's life, wow. actually, to put a spin on that. It was um, a big weekend. I don't know exactly which one. And I had been watching him and he fell in the deep end. I ignored all protocols no three whistle blow i just no jump in and with my thing i dove into that pool from the lifeguard stand and i and i saved him brian dover (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that was a super cool point in my life like i couldn't believe it you know it it made me emotional people were clapping and screaming and 
And that's the when you do it. Like you want to help people, dude. Yeah. That's just another testament yeah. to it, right? Because I had been playing sports forever, and that's when I really knew that I needed to help people. Mm. But that was just another building block to like, yeah. Well, you have a gift, like you have this instinct that it's just like a don't ask no questions, just do. Like, and and the first thing when I seen it, it was like I know the protocol. Like, blow the whistle three times, grab my little red thing, jump in feet first. Dude, I'm a head first type of dude, so like I didn't even. You know, I was like, dude, I'm going to go save this dude. That's crazy. Got him out the mud. You probably never thought you'd probably have to do that. No, no. And like, for the majority of the time, I'm just looking at girls, dude. I'm a, I'm a lifeguard, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at the Las Vegas Hilton, just like you having a chosen time, one. Like, dude. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is, this is, this is something, dude. And then, I mean, I've worked jobs. Dude, I work for the, for the gas company. I used to turn people's gas off. Yeah. Okay. My first year out of high school, I didn't want to go to college, so... Um, I luckily got an in from a family friend. I worked for uh, Southern Nevada Gas Company, and my job was to turn their gas off if they didn't pay their bill. So like, I'm I'm like 18, right out of high school. I have my own work truck. Like I had a computer in the truck. I'd have like 60 houses that I had That's to go a to a day. A it was kid. a big deal for a yeah, kid, bro. Yeah. No, I was I was the youngest person by over 10 years. I mean, we would go to our morning correlations, and it'd be like they're like looking at me and like. <laughs> yeah, and they knew. I just I'm only there because I know someone, and 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 that was one of my first like adult type jobs I had. And over six seven months, I started to hate it. I started to resent it. I was yes, granted, I was making more money than any one of my friends or any person that I knew right out of the gate of high school. Um, but I was I was I felt like a slave, bro. Like you know, I had to I had to drive a truck for eight hours a day. And, and get threatened by people and and have to fight dogs in backyards. Like, I, I got bit by a dog once, bro, turning somebody's gas off in their backyard straight up. And I was like... What kind of dog was it? It was a pit bull. <laughs> it was a fucking pit bull. And he got my ankle. And I almost got out and he got my ankle. It wasn't bad, but he got me. It was like from then, I was like, this is, this is not what I want to do. And I ended up actually getting fired from that job. And that was the first job I ever got fired from. And, um... To tell a little background story of how that happened. Um, okay, I had 60 houses to go to that day. You got to go fast. You get off when you're done. Yeah. Okay, if you're, if you're done at 9 o'clock, then you're done. Yeah. Okay, and so I had so many houses to go to. I pulled up to this complex. I could see on my map that the house was the first one over the gate. It was the first one, like, past the gate. But the gate code didn't work. Try the gate code. Try the gate code. Didn't work. I'm like, God, I need to get this shit done. I got to go. So I hit a little U-turn, thought that I put the truck in park, and I didn't. I hop out of the truck, run down. I'm trying to get it done. Hop over the gate. I hear boom, boom, boom. I look back, and the truck made this sweet little left-hand turn, hit a rock, and they hit a wall. And then after that happened, they fired me, man. It was the first job I got fired from, and I was just, I was just down. I was, I was sad. I was like, God damn! I never like sat down with the boss to say you're fired. Like, yeah. I felt, I felt really low. I felt like a loser. You know, my like, God. I so how'd got, you get out of that hole? From that point, what this is a, this is a major, major point for the listeners right here, and this is something that I will carry with me for the rest of my entire life. You go home. You think about the what's going to happen next. You don't think, don't get caught. Think about what happened to you. Think about what the fuck am I going to do about it. I went home. I figured out this formula. I love this. This is why I call it the success formula. I made it up myself. 
Break it down. I made baby. it up my fucking Break self. It down. You go home, you shut the fuck up, you print out 20 resumes. 20 resumes. You get dressed up to the T's, looking fly as you can, look good. You need first impressions matter. Look as good as you can. 20 resumes and don't come home until all of them are handed out. Mm. This is where it gets it's a recipe. Real. It's a recipe. I love it. This is where it really happens. The fire happens the next day. You got to go the next day. 20 more. Same deal. Not the same place. Somewhere else. 20 more. You put out 40 anything, you're bound to get something back. Mm. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. <clears throat> and then from that point, you get to actually choose what job you want. You know, you got to test that because if, if people are walking door to door and they're coming to, they walk into my insurance agency and they're dressed nice, they carry themselves well. Yeah. They're, and, and to me, it's like, okay, like they're, they're walking from insurance agency to insurance agency or door to door. It speaks volumes. So it's like, I'm going to at least give this kid a shot. Yeah. Because you don't so, find that nowadays. It's so rare. Never. Never. People are hiding behind the computer or a cell phone nowadays, yeah. right? Yeah. So half-assed resumes on Craigslist and, mm-hmm. and so Indeed. You, he's mm-hmm. basically saying you want it, you got to go get that shit, period. That's the truth. That's it. That's it. And you want to know something that's really crazy? I had that mentality, that beast mentality. I never got fired, so I'm like, hell no, dude. That's not me. Mm-hmm. It didn't It didn't align with my identity of who I am. I get fired. But I did end up slacking. I did end up resting on my laurels, and I did get fired. And so I went out and did that. But this is the catch, though. What was cool? I had all those resumes. I looked great. I left that day. I was said, I'm going to Tivoli Village. I'm going to go hit Tivoli Village, and then I'm going to go somewhere else from there. And Tivoli Village is out here in Las Vegas. I go into Tivoli Village. I park my car. I had never even been to Tivoli Village, ever. That's the spot, too. Ever. I never been there. This is right when it first started going off. Yeah. Park underground. I go into the elevator. I look at the buttons. The second button says David Barton Gym. So no intention. No intention. Okay. Zero intention. And this is what ended up starting my fitness career for seven years. Wow. Almost six and a half, seven years. I hit David Barton Gym. I go up to the gym. I, I walk in. I'm like, oh my god, this place is like magnificent. And for the <laughs> and for the listeners who don't know, it's on the second floor of a gym. They have a valet. It's like dark lit. There's it's it's 125 dollars a month for a membership. They don't even have a pool. It's it's a boutique. Like it's it's like a, yeah. a, 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 a let's call it bougie. bougie. It's, it's a bougie gym. I walk in. I walk right up to the lady. I hand her my resume. She goes back, talk to somebody. He comes out and he goes, can you do an interview today? Hmm. I go, Absolutely, I can. 20 minutes <laughs> Bet later. Bet your ass I can. <laughs> <laughs> right when they, he He's said like, that. like, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is the Pope Catholic? Like, You're yeah, <laughs> goddamn right. I can do the interview today. <laughs> Anything you need, man. And I was in desperate need, right? I was unemployed for the first time since I was 16, right? And I'm almost 19. I felt like a loser. Like, I'll do whatever. She walks back, he walks out, they pull me in, I get a job on the spot. And how many times does that happen? You know, because I, I got into the interview and I just didn't have any fear. I was just like, dude, I need this. Mm. And I got a job there. And then from there, I started my fitness career. I worked at David Barton Gym for two years. I moved over to the second best gym in the entire city, Lifetime Athletic Club. I worked there for a year and a half. I left there, and then I got hired at City Athletic Club, mm-hmm. which is an independent-owned gym. The best lighting of all time. Ever. <laughs> okay, you talking selfies, man? And that's when I first started the first job in my entire life that I worked for an entrepreneur 
who started that gym. Mm-hmm. Who, who, Jay, right? Jay Jung. Mm-hmm. And he taught me so much about business and how you need to stand and who you need to be. And um, and that's that's basically, man, what's kicked off who I am today. Did that kick off meeting him kind of put that light bulb in your mind of being an entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One thousand percent. Because it was the first time in my life that like I was in a collective place with maybe like 10 to 15 employees that wasn't corporate run. It's the first job that wasn't corporate run Mm. where he would listen to my suggestions where like I actually had a voice that mattered. And dude, that that changed my life. That's a good point that I want to bring up. If you're like, if you're a hustler, and you and you don't quite know the first step to taking as far as jumping into entrepreneurship. The best thing you can do is go work for somebody mm-hmm. that's go work for for, for just like you're saying uh, something that's not corporate. Don't yep. go work for U.S. Yep. Bank. Don't go work for right. LVAC. Go work for somebody that's that that is his business because you're going to learn so much more from that person than you will at any any corporate gym or any corporate entity. Of course. Of course, those mom and pops are just gonna teach you because they are from the mud. They built it. They put in the work. They, you know. Now a lot of people do need to have those jobs just to understand like being responsible, being on time, being well dressed. But then once you start to evolve as a person, and once you start to get um, um, just personal experience, that's when you can. I definitely would recommend to any person listening to this, like if they're stuck, if they don't know what to do. Just search for businesses and for people who are working for themselves. Go work for my man Nick Saka, man. Bang. He's bang, man. He's looking for people, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 good people attract good people. So. Or if you're looking to, if you if you, <laughs> you could come work with me. I'm sure if you're good enough, BD can get you into Lightspeed. Um, we'll talk more about Lightspeed a little bit later, yeah, man. So we're talking billions. So so you 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 work at a city athletic club. You're learning a crap ton from Jay. What happens next? So I'm learning a crap ton from Jay. I'm um, the I went from the front desk, little peewee, but I was okay with that because I had just done a bunch of it, so I was really good at it. I was really I I, I really honed my customer service skills from working at Lightspeed, or I'm sorry, from working at um, Lifetime, because it was such a fast paced place where literally I'd have three phone calls on hold. I'm changing two credit card numbers and I'm checking people in at the same time. Like I just had this groove where I was like, okay, I'm I, I'm I'm getting good. When you start to know you're getting good, so when I moved over there, I became I started to get great. And then he made me the sales manager. And now this is the first managerial position I've ever had in my life, where I had some some pull. I'm doing numbers. I'm pulling year to dates and day to dates from from last year. And then this is where I'm starting to get. How old my, were you? I was 20. I was 20. 21. 21. I was 21. Yeah, I just got, yeah. And, and yeah, and I'm like feeling on top of the world. And I'm 21, but I'm not 21. You feel me? Like, for what I've done and what I've been through, even what I've been through, what like, been through, I ain't never felt my age, right? Because I could then stack up to people who were 20, 30, 40 years old. Yeah. Or even then when I meet people who are 50, 60, and I'm like, you ain't, you're, you're forced to grow up fast. Of course. Of course. And then, but and not only that, I, I, I use that. Like, and some people are forced to, but then they go F around. Yeah. And they go down the wrong path. That's, that's being a statistic, bro. And I just didn't ever want to be a statistic. Like, okay, yeah, you're just a number that when something happens to you, you went and effed off. And I knew that. And so I was a sales manager and I, you know, I was dressing, it's a gym, it's a boutique gym, but I'm wearing a suit and a tie and a jacket every day. 
Like it's it's like to the nines. This is city. City. Okay. Yeah. So the first uh, membership started off at fifty nine dollars a month. It's a month. Uh, it's a month to month agreement, and then from there it just went up, and we went all the way up to one fifty nine for CrossFit, and then we could sell personal training. And so this is where it all ties in, and this is where it went crazy. I'm doing the deal. I'm working. I'm there for like eight months. It's cool, but I started to realize that I'm I'm capped. I'm making the same every month unless I sold upsold some personal training, then I catch another commission check or something. But at that time also, I was making just about as much as most people's parents were. And I'm like, okay, this is cool, like it's good, but like, where's next? Like what's, what's next? What's like next? sure I could stay and I had friends where I'd be able to see like they were cool with that. Like I had a homie at Louboutin where he's making four, five, six a month. I'm like and he's cool with that, but I'm like, that's where you're at. You're done. There should always be a what's next, no matter what level you're at. If, if, if you're that kind of person that craves that hunger. Now, a lot of people aren't, and that's okay. And I had to learn that also, where I had friends that were just okay with not wanting. They, that security is so important. Where I come from, a fact of security, what? Mm. Parents die overnight. You don't even say bye. Then it was security. Right. Figure it the fuck out. That's powerful, man. And 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 so I had that instilled in me. And um, dude, I was I was doing the job. I was doing the deal. And that's when I first got introduced to network marketing, MLM, what people would stupidly call a pyramid scheme, because they don't truly understand exactly how the business works. And the majority of people who are in an MLM who ended up getting burned go back and and shit on the company because yeah. they didn't actually put in the work. Okay, if they have a product and service, it's not a pyramid scheme. Look up the definition. Yeah. Okay. People bash it because they don't understand it. I think all I think a lot of great people, myself included, all all at one point tested the waters of uh, network marketing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have three. Okay. <laughs> three under my belt. You know well, you know what were they? What were they? The first one is ACN. Oh wow! Remember ACN? Were you in ACN? Oh, uh, do I, I remember it? It's I, the founder. Yeah, <clears throat> ACN was one of the first ones. I was when I like fresh out of high school introduced to it. Second one, uh, prepaid legal. No, I, I'm sorry. The first ACN was the first one I was introduced to. I didn't sign up. Second one was prepaid legal. I actually signed up for prepaid. The third one, uh, Amway. The fourth one uh, was. A company called Mint, which turned into Juness. Oh, yeah. You know, Juness is currently one of our our clients over here. Really? Yeah, they are. That's crazy. Yeah, Juness does numbers over here, bro. Oh yeah, no, Juness, Juness, Juness was, uh, but Juness was originated from Monavi. Monavi turned into Mint. Okay. Mint turned into Wow Juness. You know, a lot of times that is what happens um, with those companies that are high turnover. Yeah. Um, and when you have so many people in the door and out the door, you're more focused. You're so focused on getting new that you forget about the people who are loyal. Yeah. Mm. You forget about providing more value yeah. to the people who are already your clients so that the ones fall off. So I was working there and I heard about this company called Wake Up Now. Had a bunch of different products. It would be silly to go into it now, but basically it was it was an MLM and it was going really well for me It was the first time that I, I had ever had like a team of people who I brought into my business who were buying products Who were then making myself a residual and themselves a residual and it was one week I share this with this this girl Stephanie and she goes my dad just told me all about this But he didn't get signed up and he's in El Salvador. I said fantastic. Let's get you signed up. She signs up 
That night, she signs up her dad. Two days later, I have 150 people in my downline because her dad is best friends with a pastor, and the pastor is now preaching financial freedom to all these people. That's okay. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Ding, ding, ding. And, and, and it was like, oh, wow. And then I started to just, I was really all on the hype of the business and how it was working. And I, I loved having the feeling of hopping on a live stream with 40 people and me being the boss, bro. And me just like, this is how it works. This is what you need to do. This is how you can be successful. And so I started to see how I could make this a thing. And this is the craziest part about the story. That started to become into fruition. I started to actually make money from it. And then I'm on Facebook and I see a guy, I see these two guys right on our Facebook wall, you know, is anyone going from LA to Salt Lake because we had a convention? And I wrote him, I said, if you make it to Vegas, I got you. I rented a 15 person van for all my people. And they were like, cool, let's do it. So they come out. And they come, they stay at my crib, and, and we went out to the convention. But as this was going on, about a month prior, I, I, there's a Chinese guy who walks into City Athletic Club. Very difficult to understand, but I'm working with him. Yeah. And he goes, I need a gym membership. I'm not even going to try to you know say his, <laughs> his voice right now. I, it'll be disrespectful. And I get him a gym membership. And he was really happy with it. He said he's never worked out before in his life. He's 45 years old. He's never worked out. And you have no idea who this guy was. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> he pulls up in an Ultima. An Ultima. Okay, there's no sizing him up. And and we had a great conversation. We were friends off the bat, dude. And then I, I gave him a quote. He comes back the next day, pays me double, and goes, Bri, I want to train every day. Damn. I want to train every day. Is this guy a skinny guy? Is he a fat guy? So he's about 6'3", and he was 30 pounds overweight. And that's, you know, and that's in 6'3". So what, what, what crazy then? For Nothing crazy, but 30 pounds overweight and and uh, really needed a change. And I come to find out a lot of things about him, which led him to want to do that. Things that, you know, probably shouldn't be shared anywhere but personally. And... Uh, he had stuff going on in his family and stuff, and he, and he wanted to make a change in his life. And he was so dead-ass serious about it that he'd be willing to pay whatever to make it happen. I'm going to cut you off real quick. Do it. This is very important to our podcast and what we believe. How symmetrical is business and fitness and health? Because you're basically saying it right now. Just provide our listeners some value how important it is. for This guy's an entrepreneur, obviously. He's a very high-valued man. What made him come to a sense that health and fitness and getting in shape can also change his life full circle? That's a great question. I'm really happy that you brought that up. Business and or success and fitness and or being in shape are completely and totally intertwined. If, if you'd like to be successful in the one, if you'd like to actually be successful in the one, you have to have the other. Because the way that you treat yourself the how much you care about yourself is going to leak into the other one if you fo are so focused on your business and you forget that your health i mean he's a multi-millionaire he said there's no dollar amount in the world that could amount to me being physically okay and feeling well because what do you know it circles back to when he's feeling good he's lifting he's proud of himself he's keeping the promises that he he he, he set out he, he gains that self-confidence in himself in himself that drips over into his business and his business life. Because let's say, 
for so long he's running this business but he's not healthy do you not think that every day he knows you think that every day he, he looks down at his stomach and says you know f that like you know damn i'm not the best i can be if you're not working out are you the best you can be no if, you, if you're all fitness and you're all about that what do you think your bank account looks like man yeah, you know, <clears throat> not not good you know it's funny me and, and after this after this thought i want to get back into yeah. his story uh ed milet used to make fun of um grant Car- uh, i know grant cardone used to make fun of ed milet basically saying like oh you know I don't need a workout. Yeah, I haven't out. seen you at the bank. I don't, yeah, I don't need a workout. Woo, 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 woo. He, so he kind of gave Ed Milet a hard time about that. And now, fast forward uh, to now, Wasn't this, this full GC is, is is getting swole on. Like he's he's looking real good. So he it caught it finally caught up to him where he's like, and he always believed in a little bit of gym, mm-hmm. but now like he's up in there. He's doing mm-hmm. he was pull ups. I mean, the guy's like sixty years I old. I saw those pull ups. Yeah, they were so, strong. Right, right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So he got so a personal it's, trainer. It's about time, you know. Like it, it catches people eventually. Some people could be in denial about you know the importance of health, fitness, mm-hmm. and and that. But eventually, it catches. And he, up to this him. gentleman that basically you were training, mm-hmm. he said he came to you with a problem as far as his physical state. He had issues. He mm-hmm. had problems, and he felt that I guess burning it out, maybe his releasing his endorphins, um, kind of was remedy to. To you know what was going on in his life, so I think. Yeah. How old is this guy? Forty-five. Forty-five. Tell us the story. I don't think we we talked about it, but what's his backstory, and then and then get into how that opened up a whole new opportunity for you. Yeah, I mean, his backstory in general. He was a graduate of Penn State, extremely intelligent guy from China, and um, he had a degree in technology. So basically his business out in China was a, a technology company which provided phones and internet to businesses in China. And he had a monopoly over all of the hospitals in the city of Shenyang that he's in. And so, you know, when, once, you, once you're providing internet and phones to some business like that, you know, things are going to yeah. pop no matter what. Right. And so he he just had had some stuff going on personally with his family that he wanted to um, he, he wanted to, he needed to get out and he needed to he needed to be his best self to be able to deal with the situation and the occurrences that had been happening to him and some of them unbeknownst to him that were totally out of his control and so it was after our first month we pretty much set a goal he says you know Bri if if, if we hit this in our first month we'll go celebrate. It's fantastic. Well, we hit that in his first month. And he said, wherever you want to go, book it. Wherever you want to go. And I'm still kind of just like getting the vibe, like who he that. is and what's good. You know, like, okay. He said, let's get steak. Let's do something steak-wise. So I said, okay, great. Let's go to Echo and Rig. So we go to Echo and Rig. Uh, we're ordering. The bill's getting pretty stupid. It's two people, but we're having a good conversation. And mind you, I- I'm training this man six days a week. Okay, for an hour and a half to two hours. Afterwards, it'd be like two hours we hang out and talk and shit. But it'd be like, I saw him more than I saw anyone in my life. You know, for a solid hour, I was totally focused on one person. So we became friends. You know, it was a friendship. Mm-hmm. And he's 45. I feel like a damn 45 years old anyway. So mm-hmm. I could I could really relate. And after that first month, we went out. We had dinner. We chopped it up. Had some wine. And I got to find out what had happened in his life with his family. And it was there were some things that were happening that he had no control over. And so he came to the States 
um, to handle that without getting into too much detail. And um, and then from that point on, I, I realized how much he he needed to train, how much it was, how important it was to him. And then it really started to relate with me as to why he would put in the work that he would. And he would he would listen to every single instruction that I gave him. No complaints, no questions. He would put in the fucking work, bro. And it was from that point on, I was like, this guy's gonna be a savage. Like, there's no way he can't be, because he listens. Mm. And a lot of people I train, the, you know, and I've trained a lot of people since, you tell them what to do, they don't wanna listen. You know, they wanna, you know, if you wanna mess around, you're gonna have messed up results. Yeah. And so, we trained for two months, we trained for two more months, we trained for three months in total. This is when I started to do the network marketing company to circle this back. Um, these guys that I met, that I took on the van, we went to this convention, and on our way back, they offered for me to move to Maui, Hawaii, to live with them and to work this business, this wow. multi-level marketing business. And it was at the point where I was like, like I'm capped where I'm at. And so very boldly, and some would call stupidly, initially, I said, yeah. I'm like, let's do it. I'm about to move to Maui, Hawaii, bro. I'm fucking <laughs> 22 years old. I come back home. I end up quitting my job. I sold my car. I, I, was, I, was, I was in. Like, That's the videos where you were doing the cliff jumps and everything then, huh? When I was, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Clip, a, okay, I'm a, if, if I have any passion in the world, it's two things. is driving and cliff jumping. Right when I first learned about cliff, because I, I learned how to do a backflip when I was in the eighth grade. I had a girlfriend that was in cheer, and she's fucking around doing it. I said, well, if you can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can do it. I can do anything you can do better. <laughs> and so I'm out in my front yard. I was in the eighth grade. I learned how to do a standing backflip, like straight up. And I was like, Dude, that was just a whole nother level of confidence. Like, I could do anything. And so, like, we, yeah, that's what I was doing out in Maui. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, though. yeah. And gotcha. we, we made a lot of really cool videos. We put out a lot, of, a lot of really great content that served up our lifestyle and what we were doing. How long were you there for? I was there for two months. Mm-hmm. Rent. Did, did, did you go broke because it's Maui? <laughs> you want to know something funny? Yeah. If you're – it's not funny. Like, if, if you're not stupid – and you're smart with your money, it goes a long way. Granted, a lot of that, obviously, well, now kind of circling back to no, you're wrong, but like I didn't have to pay rent. Now, I would have made that work if I did have to pay rent, but I, I lived in what was called a Balinesian yurt. It was a one, it was a one huge room yurt with this crazy wooden detail. Like, and it was one room. And then behind me was, we, we had a banana field Bro, so like it was, it was, it was, dude, there was like 50, 60 banana trees. And the only stipulation was that whenever they were going to go do some yard work, that we would help out. And so my boy Andrew Booth moved out there with me. And so basically, to get all the way to the point, kind of circle this all the way back and wrap it up, before I left, I talked to Frank, which is the Chinese guy, and I, I told him what was going on. And we had already talked about me possibly one day going to China, just, you know crazy talk and then when it went down it was like kind of a consensus like yo if you want to come out you can come out and i'm like what and he's like yeah i'll put you up in your own apartment like you know you'll have your own thing like you're not staying with me i'm like cool and he's like i'm like okay and and then it came into fruition bro i'm fucking 
I'm, I'm about to quit my job, about to move to Maui, and now I'm about to go to China? I'm like, what are you talking about? And the day that, that he handed me two grand and was like, buy your plane ticket, that's when I was like, damn, dude. I remember going to the bathroom and I got emotional. I was like, is this fucking real? Yeah. <laughs> is this serious? And and I think it was just a, a, a huge combination of like making a lot of the right choices and being a good person, which led to the universe just paying me back, man. So I spent two months in Maui. Um, I flew over to Reno and had my birthday out there at the Snow Globe Festival. And then from there, I went I went to Honolulu for a couple of days and I flew out to China and stayed there for, for three months. Talk about, talk to us, because I know this guy, well, I know that you learned a lot from this guy. Yeah. Talk about the, you know, the top I know, two I know things. His type of, I know Chinese and their culture. Very yeah. disciplined. They're obviously very successful in the richest country in the world yeah. next to America. Some gems. What's something that stuck with you personally that touched you, that you live by to this day, that he might have taught you on this journey in China? Yeah. Now, excuse the, the F words, but that's how they're, they're very serious. It was one day when he was he looked at me. I... I kind of went there with the big mouth, big head, right? And I'm starting to catch some momentum. Doing backflips and shit. Doing backflips. <laughs> think, think, thinking I'm just a shit, right? Yeah, and right. I can't remember exactly what had led up to it. If I thought about it, I, I, I'd know. But I remember the day he looked at me and goes, Shut the fuck up. Listen. Listen. Shut up. And I just sat there and I was just like, damn, dude, yeah, I kind of talk a lot, dude. <laughs> like, like, really? Like, really? Like, I felt like I needed to or wanted to, like, compliment people and, like, hey, I like your jacket or nice to meet you and da-da-da-da. And it was more or less just, like, how, how he conducted himself and being able to see how he moved. And that it was just, like, damn, just, like, and something my dad had taught me forever ago, too. Like, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason, dude. And And how he put it was just, like, shut the fuck up. And like just those words will always stick with me. And I live by that still to today. Like I mean, like today on the podcast talking a lot, but like you see me in my normal state and especially when I'm I'm in somewhere unfamiliar, I'm I'm like a quiet assassin, dude. Extremely observant. I'll see something, I'll see a way that someone looks at someone else and understand that interaction without even hearing any words. Yeah. And that happens very frequently. And then you can just, that's when you start to really feel energy and know what's good. And then, you know, the, the loudest dog got the softest bite, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, just, and that's why I make sure even especially in relationships, I think that's where it has stood true for me and has really helped me um, is like, I don't like to be wrong. I truly hate to be wrong. Like, it, it, like, it, like I feel stupid when I'm wrong. So I make sure that I have all the facts and I'm very logical so that when I open my mouth, you know I'm dead ass serious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know if Brian Dover's gonna say some shit, he's serious. Yeah. And he's not gonna be wrong. And if he is, I'm okay also to be checked and I'll, I'll apologize and, and you know, make my way. But that was something that he taught me, just listen, dude, just listen intently. Don't listen with the intention to reply, listen to understand mm. and take it in. Understand where they're coming from, think deeper. And that's, that's yeah. That's crazy because no matter how many times we hear that, we still haven't like mastered it. Like I think very few people have mastered the ability to truly, <laughs> truly listen. I because know, everyone likes to hear themselves talk. Yeah, that's what feels good when you hear yourself talk. But yeah, no. I find it hard to 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 listen to my staff. 
you know, especially like when mm-hmm. once you become like the sales manager or the yeah the, the owner of your company, it's very hard to. But know, and share. let me let me then chime in on that real quick. Who who do the people respect more? The person who has a lot of ideas to speak about, or the one that is like, like, well, fuck, Nick hasn't talked to me all week. You know, like, oh, damn, we hardly even hear him say anything, right? Because you look at them like, that motherfucker's plotting. Yeah. Whether you are or not, that's what you seem like. (laughs) Do they say it? Yeah, I bet, you know, because you don't have a loud mouth. Yeah. No one likes a loudmouth dude, bro. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do get fucking executed, dude. They, 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 they kill themselves before they even get started, son. He taught you something else. Uh, something about teeth on a sidewalk or... Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I remember talking about it last time. He, um, I'm happy you brought that up because that was another really, really hard lesson for me to learn, but it, it made so much sense. I was a personal trainer at the gym. I'd done this little MLM thing on the side, and I remember one day we're training, we're working out, and and he goes, Bry, yeah, he said, you see all them? He's pointing out the trainers who are also training. It was a trainer-centered gym. He had basically almost had to have a trainer to be there. I said, yeah. He goes, you are them. I go, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. I was like, what do you mean? You doing the same thing as them? What else are they doing? I don't know. What are you doing? He said, you're them. He said, until you hit your face and break your fucking teeth on the ground to where you're broken, to where you, that, that's rock bottom. Now, a lot of people use rock bottom, but he, he just basically prefaced it in a sense like, until you hit your teeth on the ground and you are done to where it hurts so bad that you, you what else are you going to do? You know? You're, you're going to keep making the same mistakes. You're going to keep going back to the same stuff. And it's still going to hurt. You're going to keep hurting until you realize what it feels like to be broken, broken. And during that time and after I came back from China, I had, um, I had completely destroyed a relationship that I was in with this girl. And um, I think for the rest of my life, I'll think about a part of it when it comes up. But... Now, I don't dwell on it or beat myself up anymore, but it was that point where it was just like, dude, that was that was, amongst some other things, hitting my face on the ground, you know, getting kicked out of my apartment, getting in arguments with her and shit. It was just like, dude, get your shit together, mm-hmm. get your shit together, or or go work a normal job and be a fucking loser. Was this the turnaround in your life where you started the meal prep company? That's exactly right. So tell us about that. So I had come back from China. I got back together with my girlfriend that I had been with for about almost four years. Head over heels, totally in love, but blind to my actions and what I had already, all the damage that I had already caused. We're living together. And um, and ultimately after about, I mean, shit, I should have left the first month, dude. I was already getting my ass kicked out the first month. Mm-hmm. Basically clawed, fought, and scraped my way to stay for another four or five which was just miserable, and I uh, shouldn't have been there. Um, I should have just taken that L and learned from it, but I put ourselves again in more pain. And then uh, I finally ended up leaving the apartment that we got together, the first apartment I ever lived with anybody. I was all stoked and shit. And then um, moved back in with a buddy 
who I had lived with four years prior. So I, I was like kind of back in when I had first met the girl too. Mm. Beautiful home, really great friend of mine who brought me in and let me stay there. And, and then I got back to this house, bro. And I'll never forget just sitting in my old room that I had lived in four years before that. Going to China and Hawaii and all this shit and just sitting there pissed. Like, like to where like, you know, when you're so mad that you have a, a physical response where like you're sitting there not doing anything, but your heart is beating. Mm. And then, and then your, your breath is getting shallow and you're just like, and I was pissed, bro. I was pissed at myself, at the decisions that I made, at who I had become. And then I, I turned all of that anger back in towards myself in the gym. So I started to work out like a savage, bro. It was the best shape I ever got in my life. And then I realized that I needed to make something out of it. And then working a couple odd jobs. And that's when I was when I was at one of those jobs, I started to plot, like, what am I about to do? That's when I actually started to listen to Gary Vee and Gary Vee's message about, and I'll never forget this either, work a job that you can get paid the most at and do the least amount of work while you can build your side hustle. I hope our listeners are, that's, Dime right there. Dime. That's a dime. Repeat that one more time. Dime. Find a job. Any job. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter. Don't fucking focus on what the job is or where you're at or, or, or who you are there. It doesn't matter. Find a job where you can do the least amount of work, make the most amount of money doing the least amount of work while you have time while you're at that job to build your dream and work on that dream like it's the last thing that you're ever going to be able to work on because you never know if it actually is. And people are going to end up respecting that hustle because you're working. And, and this is bro, back when it would be like I had that shit where I'd start at 7 and then I would literally be working till 3, 4 in the morning just to start back at 7. Like it would like the sleep wasn't a thing. And when you're passionate, when you're hungry, when you're fucking about it, like I needed to make a change. I was so pissed. And sometimes being angry is, is, a, is a stronger emotion. Absolutely. Being angry is a strong emotion. And it's stronger than, you know, excitement or enthusiasm. It's fuel to It's fuel because it's just like, oh, like, like, I don't care. Like, I don't fucking care. I'm about to do this. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what it's going to take. And then you start not even needing sleep, bro. Like, to where it's like sleep is, sleep is just yeah. like a thing. Like to where good days I wouldn't even eat and I'd be like, damn, I haven't even ate, but I'm not even hungry. And, and I'm hungry because I want it I'm so bad. I'm hungry because I want it so bad, bro. Yeah. And that's when I'm sitting at my boy Colton Hanna's house. Shout out to my boy Colton Hanna for the rest of my life. He fucking saved my life in a lot of different ways. And I, I, I have no TV in my room, bro. I took the TV out of my room. I went down to Home Depot. I got one of those uh, composite sheets. It's a, it's a whiteboard, but yeah. it's a big whiteboard. Okay. Had them cut it in half, strapped that shit to the top of my 350Z, <laughs> I swear to God, and drove that shit home to my house and just with anger and enthusiasm and, and, and drilled that shit into my wall. I had like a 10-foot wall and it was a whole whiteboard. And then I just went mad scientist, bro. And I just got to work. Like Rick and Morty. Seriously, <laughs> whichever, which way we want to call it, Einstein, dude, I just, I broke down every, I, I just thought, okay, if I'm going to start a meal prep company and that only derived because I was a personal trainer and during personal training, I realized that most people's biggest problem is their food. Yeah. 
bro, we could train all day, but like if you go leave me and you go eat McDonald's, like no it don't matter. Like you just exit what you just did. So I started to think like and get these juices flowing. Like how do I get food to the people? Like that's the main premise. How do I get it from here to here? And then, bro, for for hours and days on end, I broke down every single which way possible what it would cost, what it would, what I could make, who I could get, how many people I needed, where the food was coming from, who was going to cook it, where's my kitchen, what utensils, you name it, I had that shit broken down. And and I figured out how to start a business. Mm-hmm. I just figured it out. That's gold, man. Just chopped it up like, like sushi. <laughs> just, just dissected the, the plan. Were you nervous? Did you did you did you see a vision? Did you see that there was going to be so many obstacles? Or was there any point in time where you doubted yourself? Give our list because a lot of people have so much doubt they just don't even want to take that foot forward for some reason. They just have so much doubt in their minds. But I feel like your story is a perfect way to you know maybe make them realize that it's not as hard as they think. Yeah. So this is gonna I'm gonna answer this kind of multifaceted. Yeah. But to start it off, firstly, is that what I've learned from my my boss here, Bradley, is that the majority of the reason why people don't do anything or why people aren't themselves is because they fear judgment of others. They fear what the other people are going to think or what they're going to say about them. Well, I had just broken my teeth on the ground. Mm -hmm. Okay, I hit that bottom, like Frank was saying. So that was already out the window. I was past that. So then I got to the point where what was going to fuel me? What's going to fuel our listeners? What is going to fuel you today to make sure that you don't care what other people think, that that the decision of being your own boss or doing something better for yourself or becoming more is so much more important than what's going on in your life? What is that thing for you? And I'll tell you right now, just to circle back, mine was the relationship that I was in. What fueled me was the fact that I wanted to create a conglomerate that was so big that I was in my ex-girlfriend's face every single day of the week to where she couldn't even turn left or right and see my business. And that's the facts. And I've hardly shared that with almost anyone in my life. But that's that's what fueled me. I just I wanted to become influential. I wanted to show her and myself that I wasn't a piece of shit, that I, I, I did have qualities that needed to be exploited i was more and i used that and each and every person needs to find what is so important to them that it's like they'll work all day and night like what is it what fuels them and that's that's ended up what fueled me and then once that started to fade off because that's what happened and my ex-girlfriend didn't drive my whole business right that's just kind of what started the juices then I just used what I did for my people to fuel me. I'm feeding people, bro. Mm. So, like, how could I not go wrong? You know, I'm, How old were you when you were a young entrepreneur starting your own business? I mean, how old were you? 22. Tw- uh, 23, excuse me. 23 years old. I was 23. Old. I started my first business at 23. So then, now let's fast forward to where you are now because that's a whole new story in itself. Yeah. You got to talk about how you... Just got here. I want to know the. Let's do it. When you well, walk you say, in the building, so you yeah. sell. You sell the meal prep company. That was the plan. Okay, so just to circle it back, I use that term a lot, but it's what makes most sense to me. I was running the business for two years. My head chef moved. She was moving to California, so I had to find a new chef. 
find a new chef. His schedule didn't work with my schedule. So I was cooking all the food again. Two years in, I'm cooking all the food again. It was like, no way am I doing this. And I'm talking the most physical work I've ever done in my entire life. 50, 60, 70 pounds of meat and greens and not even cooking doing everything else to ev- sending the invoices getting the payments dude del- having people deliver the food yeah i was delivering the food in the back of my 350z dude like i started from my house like that's i started from in my house so once that happened once the next chef didn't work with my schedule i was cooking all the food again it was i was my my quality of life was deteriorating so much deteriorating that I didn't want to do it anymore I didn't have the the enthusiasm I didn't have that drive and nor could I pull what my ex-girlfriend fucking thought about me anymore either because I didn't give a shit anymore was, I, I proved myself to myself it ended up not being me proving myself to her because she could probably give a shit anyways as she shouldn't and then it got to be like Dude, I'm not a business owner. I'm just an employee in my own business. I put myself into the trap, and I didn't. I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have the correct measures to be able to make sure that that didn't happen to me. So you could say being an entrepreneur is glorified. Dude. Especially nowadays, huh? Dude. Tell us. Is it glorified? Dude, the, the, I think if you search it on Google, the word entrepreneur has like a 900% <laughs> increase literally in Google searches over 10 years ago wow. because people didn't even know what entrepreneur meant before. Entrepreneur to, to me before I even started it was just like, okay, it's just a word. Like I didn't even know what that meant. And then you want to start entrepreneurship. Like I'm not saying it's impossible though. That's the thing too. Like I, I would like to try to say, yeah, it's so goddamn hard but that you can't do it. But if you find the right niche and you and you explore it and you cover all your bases, see, I'd like to say that I had my whole whiteboard out here and I covered every base, even though I work 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week on it. I didn't anticipate not having a chef. I thought, well, yeah, I got this chef and now I got two chefs and I got three and I got five and now we have a bigger kitchen. I didn't think, well, what if that one falls off and I got to find somebody else? And so that was my ended up being the beginnings of my demise. Like there's things that happen that you don't anticipate. Dude, I remember working all night, bro. We'd start at six o'clock, start cooking the food. I'd let my chef go at about 12, one. I would finish it. And then I'd have to do all the dishes. Mm. Bro, I'm talking, I've done more dishes than any person I've ever met in my entire life. And I'm talking a hundred times more. Clean all the dishes, have all the food packed, bagged it, ready for it to be delivered and at that one time i was delivering it until i had delivery drivers so yeah it's glorified man like you don't understand what it really takes until you're doing it and my my you know my life just started to deteriorate i, I weighed like 175 pounds bro like i didn't look good even my family would say like oh dude are you good like what's what's going on like they try to have these talks to me and i would just mask it up with a bunch of lies like no nah, no it's good you know i got this and this like i didn't because i didn't want to admit to my family that I was a fucking failing business person. Yeah. yeah. Let alone all the other things I failed. Like, yeah, sorry, I started this. I know. Because you talk with such high hopes, especially to your family. Like, I'm going to do this and this and this. I got this huge account. And then when it's not working, it's like, dude, I just try to mask it up with a bunch of lies. 
And to end that is how I started here. I started following Bradley on social media because he was posted with this guy, Grant Cardone, huge real estate guy, huge mogul out in, in Florida. And he posted with Brad and was like, took seven years for this guy to close me, but it was the best decision I've ever done. And I'm like, for him to say something like that, who is this guy? You want to know this guy. I got to know this guy. Yeah, got so to I started guy. following him. And he's him. in Vegas? And he's in Vegas. Yes. I started following him. I found his, his, his YouTube series. And then I started watching his YouTube series while I was cooking the food. And dude, for not, like eight, eight weeks, I did all of the cooking. I did it all. Like A to Z. I can cook just about anything and make it fire. Mm-hmm. But like I would listen to his, his stuff and like I would just consume his stuff. And I started to realize like, and I, I even, I could pull out a book somewhere in my house where I wrote down, if this does not work, I will work for Brad Lee. I fucking wrote that down because I knew that this shit was not going to, if if something big didn't happen, it wasn't going to work. And I got to the point, dude, it was almost about a year ago right now where I, I had to go to my family and, dude, I, I told them, I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, this is, I went to my grandma's house specifically. I told her, I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm dying, like literally and physically dying because if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And I definitely was not growing. And, um... I remember leaving my grandma's house that day, and she's trying to hype me up, dude. She's like, you know, you're, you have these good personality. You have a great personality. You're good looking. You could work here, 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 and shit. And I looked at her. I said, Grandma, I'm going to work for Bradley. Wow. And she goes, I don't know who Bradley is, <laughs> but I know you will. <laughs> I know you're going to do anything that you say you're going to do. And like, I just remember looking at that. The and, story and fucking cracks me. It's just so funny. It's the truth, man. It's dead-ass truth. And then, and then two, something I hadn't shared with you before too, because she, I, I was walking out. It was after that, and she goes, "Bry, go, yeah." She goes, "You're still gonna get that Lamborghini, even if I'm not here to see it." Mm. I looked back at her with tears in my eyes. I said, "You're gonna fucking see that Lamborghini, yeah. and you're gonna ride in that Lamborghini." Yes. Mm. Yeah. And she starts crying, and I, and I left. And it was the very next day. I got dressed up, looking fresh, printed out a resume. Hadn't made a resume in six years. Yeah. Hadn't worked for anyone in six years, let alone would I ever have even thought that would happen. I walk into Lightspeed. I found out it's in Vegas. I walk into Lightspeed. I go to the front desk. I meet with Maria, the front desk receptionist, and his personal. Um, it's his, She works with him personally. And, and I walk up and I go, I'm here to meet with Bradley. And she goes, do you have an appointment? I said, no, but I'll wait. She's like, what? And I said, <laughs> she goes, I don't think he's going to be able to meet with you today. I said, that's okay. I'll wait. Just start like, I will fucking wait. And then I sat down. He walks out 20 minutes later. I get to meet with Brad, somebody who I watched for the last six months. Like, I knew who he was already. Yeah. I'd watched enough of his content that I knew he, who he was. And then I got to just present who I am. And then we sat down in the conference room. I told him who I am, and I got myself a job. Wow. At the one of the world's leading technology companies that has ever been. Yeah. I'm sure you learned so so much in the past year now, right? I could write a book, man. Wow. You know, low key I already have a book getting getting written about my life actually. I have an autobiography getting written about really? my life. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the first girl time named, that. Congratulations. Yeah, girl brother. named Brianna. I mean basically everything that I just told you, right? Like how yeah. how could I not? And when I had ended my company between ending and actually starting here. I, I was I was like so stuck, dude. I didn't have anything to do or work on, and uh, 
I was looking for something to make it to the next job. And, and that's when I started to have that fear of like, what, what, what would happen if something happened to me? Like, like what if I died and then like, I don't get to put this out. And that's when I contacted this girl. She took it right up and she's already written I mean, maybe close to a hundred pages. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So real quick, now that we know the whole story, the whole shebang on Lightspeed, and you're working for one of the most prestigious companies, virtual companies in the world, training companies, by the way, um, just give our listeners you know, three principles, just three short, sweet principles, because you're a high performer, obviously, as you guys can see. He's, he's hungry, he wants to. Just give three simple principles or something of value that, you know, that can make them great at what they do as far as maybe being a great communicator or whatever it may be? What are three principles that they could take from you that helps you day in, day out um, to make you a better person, the best version of yourself? Yeah, I had mentioned it a little bit earlier and it's some things that I take from the principles of working here at Lightspeed. Number one is do the best you can. Do the best you can. Focus on the best that you can and outdo yesterday. So if you did as well as you could yesterday, just make sure that tomorrow you outdo it and do the best that you can. Don't focus on nobody else. Put your blinders on and just do the best that you can. Make adjustments where you need to, okay? But go all out, go all out. A lot of people say that you, you need to trust the process. That's bullshit. The process changes. The process always changes. Ask Kmart, ask Toys R Us. They didn't adapt and so they lost. Do the best you can and always adapt to what's coming next. Number two is show people that you care. Show people that you care. It doesn't have to be about the money because when you're focused on helping someone else, you're focused on giving value. You're, you're focused on going out of your way for someone and doing the most for them selflessly. The world will give that back to you. In one way or another, the world will serve you back up something that is equivalent to what you put into it. That's just facts. I love that one. Bro. That's a good one, bro. Hit us, hit us with that. Yeah, I love, I love that one, man. It makes me think of John Maxwell. He says, people don't care how much you know until they, until they know how much you care. I wish I had got prepared for some more really great one-liners from some of the greats, but that isn't, that's the best quote, dude. They don't care unless they know that you care. Mm. Because if you don't care, they don't care. But when they can see it, bro, it just comes off so natural. I mean, the amount of times I've helped people without thinking, like, what am I going to get back? And then in some way, shape, or form in another, you know, it just comes back. Full circle, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a boomerang, man. Yeah. That's good, Brian. Man, I can't wait for number three, baby. Look at number three, though. <laughs> Do the best you can. Show people you care. And it's going to circle back to don't worry about what people think of you. I could go on and on about a bunch of different other ones, but ultimately, like I think with these three, it's pretty solid. Because when, when you don't care what other people think about you, you do what comes naturally to you. Your authentic self. Your authentic self comes out. Because you start to just be yourself. And you're not plagued by, God, what does that one girl that watches my story think about this? I'm going to delete it. I've been there. We, I think a lot of people have until I got to the point where I'm like, dude, I've lost so much that I don't give a shit. Exactly. Please say something. And, and you're just going to fuel me more. Exactly. 
just just let go of what people think about you and you, you can't go wrong man because because ultimately then at the end of the day when you do what you know is true to you and in your heart you you don't regret it because you know that that's who you are i love, I love it bro love, love it that. thank you for sharing your story brian um just one more thing we're gonna wrap this thing up here very soon in the next few minutes um, what's your plans for the future? I mean, we know with your light speed right now, like we said, most prestigious virtual training company in the world. What's what's some of your goals? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What's next for Brian Dover? Yeah. Um, to break it down as simple as possible and also to share something with you and the listeners and people who are my acquaintances that have never heard this before. Um, firstly, man, like I've always wanted a family. I've always wanted my own family. I have a great family. I've always wanted to start a family. I've always wanted kids. I've always wanted kids uh, since as long as I can remember. And the only way to be able to do that is to have a financial plan that makes sense for them. Because my my parents didn't have a lot of money. I didn't come from money. Like and and I've had to realize firsthand what it's like to be a kid and ask for fucking movie money to go to the movies with my friends and them not have it. I, I, I want to make sure that my kids go to the most prestigious schools or not even have to go to school because I have someone that's going to be there to teach them. Okay, if I got to go to work, somebody's going to be there at my house to take care of the kids or she, and then she could go do whatever she wants to be able to have the freedom and the, and the, the, the freedom to be able to do whatever and to be able to provide for my kids in a way that most people could never do. And that is my number one goal, to be able to have a family that's happy, that's healthy, that's wealthy, and, and that lives a, lives a great life, and, and to where I can instill in them the things that I've learned so far. Your legacy, man. My legacy. What's it going to be? Ladies, I think he's single, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's perfect. Where can they find you? Where can our listeners find you, Brian? Well, they could, they could find me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N-D-O-V-E-R, Brian Dover, underscore, and you can find me anywhere just about at that um, Facebook, Brian Dover. Um, but I did just start talking to uh, uh, somebody. Never mind, so ladies. Yeah. Never mind, ladies. <laughs> Never mind, ladies. this one out. No, I'm um, But, yeah, man, hey, I appreciate you both. Thank you very much hey, for bro, the time. Hey, before, before we wrap this up, man, I just want to acknowledge you, man. I want to acknowledge you for your passion. Dude, you, you light the room up. Your energy is felt as soon as you, as soon as people see you, as soon as you walk into any environment. You make the place better. You make people better. Thank you. Um, you make people on your social media following better. Um, you have fire. You have grit. And uh, another thing I want to acknowledge you for is your transparency. Like, you're super real with yourself. Um, you know, some of the things you said in this episode, the way you positioned the things that you said, it was always like you, you, you talked... You, you you put the you put the camera on yourself before you before you discussed anything else like like, like you took full ownership you mm -hmm. know you're very brutally mm -hmm. honest and transparent with yourself mm -hmm. um, and and I absolutely love it man so anything else you want to add Fody? Nah man it was just like I said Nick hit it all right on the nose man we appreciate you so much there's a reason that there's like a fire in this room right now like oh, you got me my goosebumps <laughs> Go going on, just baby. like his purpose where he wants to go with the family like everything he's been through um man i love it man i love you brother thank you for I appreciate sharing. you of course of course appreciate you bro hey thanks cool. for being on the show brother. hey thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it it's an honor and for our listeners you can find us you already know on instagram barbells and briefcases um we're coming up with very exclusive apparel here soon um, website's a little low, but if you want to check anything out, 
barbellsbriefcases.com. And we will be at Olympia this year. That is. Olympia 2019. Yes, this is the first. We're getting a booth, We're baby. A booth, what? Yeah, You're going to come through. Come through. Yeah, so this is probably the first time we're publicly stating that, you know, we're doing Olympia this year. First time ever, 2019, September. Guys, look out for it. We appreciate your support. Appreciate you following us. Share the love. Share the message. Leave us a review. Five stars. Um, that's it. That being and then we're gonna leave them with one more thing. What you got? And and I hope the listeners who are still listening to this, who care enough about my message, your message, who we both are, is firstly just to go back through it, listen to it again, and write things down because you're not gonna get anything from listening to it one time. I mean, we work over here at Lightspeed Virtual Training. It's a training company. The last thing I want to leave these people with is that there are four key ingredients to learning anything in this world. The first is good content. Firstly, what we've provided today is great content, so ain't no worries about that. The second is repetition. Repetition is the mother of all learning. The best training companies in the world, the NBA, the NFL, the United States Army, they repeat their training daily. That's how they become the best. They sharpen the ax every single day. Number three is practice and role play. You have to be able to practice. Take all these things that you hear, but then go use them. Go practice them, or else it's just for for nothing. We're we're doing this for nothing. And the last one is accountability. You need to be able to hold yourself accountable and be able to inspect of yourself what you expect of yourself. And um, I hope that resonates with you. I hope you write it down, and that's what I want to close it with. Mic drop. Thanks for sharing, brother. Absolutely.